Nope, we don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. I am C.L. Whiteside, and this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. I don't know how I forgot about this last time, but I forgot to shout out and say thank you to Don who wrote a review on Apple. Thank you very much. It is greatly appreciated. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. The more five stars and the more reviews that we have, the better chance that people have to listen to the non-microwave truth and to hear the gospel, the good news. Also, I saw in the comments, uh, Tiff Miller, I'm keeping you in my prayers. Stay strong, sister. Saw Stephen's comment. Stephen commented and left a, a comment based off our last episode where we had a first world problem question where I asked, you know, what commercials promote the most type of sin or could be like under the radar promoting sin? And he thought about underwear commercials. And I was like, that's that's low key a good idea. Because it's like he brought up the point, where do you draw the line on what's too much skin? Because some of these commercials, they like little lingerie. They're trying to get you to get that lingerie for your boyfriend. But you shouldn't do that, no. But if that's your husband, go ahead and do your thing, girl. Do, do your thing. But I just thought about that with underwear commercials. Like That could definitely be promoting sin, getting us to lust, objectify people, and to have sex before marriage. And that ain't a good thing. That ain't a good thing. And this is coming from a person who like low key wants to be an underwear model or is aspiring to do it. I don't know if my wife would let me do it, but I low key. Would. I would keep it very I would keep it very classy. But let's get into our first world problem today. We are going to talk a lot about our brother, Paul, Paul, who is in the New Testament, Paul, who was once Saul, Paul, who is the author of a bunch of books in the Bible. Now, he wrote a whole bunch of letters to different churches and to some different people. And these became books of the Bible. And I want you to think, what is your favorite letter that Paul wrote? Some of you might be like, what letters did he write? Which, what you talking about? So I'm talking about like the book of, let's think, uh, I probably can't name them all, but I'm going to try. Galatians, Ephesians, Corinthians, Romans, Thessalonians, Philippians, uh, to people like Titus, Timothy, Philemon. Those are just some examples. I might have missed a couple in there. Did I say Corinthians? I, I think I did, but I don't know. But yes, which one of these is your favorite letter that, that Paul wrote? And I started thinking about this for myself and I was like, man, I, I don't really know. But then I was like, I might have to say Romans just because I feel like I know the most Bible passages from there, like Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose or Romans 3 verse 23 and 24 for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus or like my favorite Romans 12 verse 2 I got this tatted on me do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what his will is his good pleasing and perfect will now i might have got a couple words wrong but i think i was all spot on with most of those passages but i just thought like i guess i have to say that's my favorite letter even though reading that book of the bible it, it's heavy like it's it's deeper it's it's like meeting potatoes for real but i think it's so many great passages in there just to remind us of god's grace and the righteousness we have inherited because of Jesus' death on the cross but what is your favorite letter drop it in the comments what is your favorite book of the Bible that, that Paul is the author of, inspired by the Holy Spirit, of course? Love to hear from you, Instagram or Twitter, YouTube, put it in the comments. My handle is championlife23, and this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. Rain of the sea. Rain of the sea. 
the title of our episode is listen up what would paul say to us now i saw this on social media and my guy rhino sent me this meme and the meme said if paul saw the church in america we'd be getting a letter and i was like "Ooh, that could be a podcast episode right there now we're going to talk a lot today and this is like a big first world problem on what would the letter to america say if paul was to write it now we don't know exactly what he would say but we can have an idea. And the reason we can have an idea is because of the other letters that Paul wrote to different churches and different congregations and different people that are now books in the Bible. And Paul addressed a wide range of topics. The Holy Spirit inspired him to address a wide range of topics from cultural issues to different laws and how people were manipulating that and trying to say things like you have to earn God's grace. It had, it addressed like how people were saying certain food choices made you better than, than other people. He talked about styles of worship. It talked about clothing choices. It talked about even encouraging other believers. Like Paul talked about a whole bunch of different things. He could talk about politics. He could talk about a lot of different things. Now, the first thing I think that Paul would do in this letter is he probably would say like, hey, this is your brother, Paul. And he would come in a very humble approach and, and mention grace and peace that each one of us have through Jesus Christ. And he would remind us of the gospel message. He would remind us of the gospel message for sure. And God's grace and God's peace that comes through Jesus Christ. The next thing I think Paul would do is I think he would have a warning to pastors and to spiritual leaders, especially about spiritual pride, having spiritual pride in something that is other than Jesus Christ. I think one of the first things he would get at is what was pastors or spiritual leaders like, don't just be about growth. Don't just be about getting as many members and as many followers as possible at the expense of tainting or switching up the gospel. He would also say, don't just try to be exclusive though, where you're creating rules and creating all these different things. Paul would really be about pastors and spiritual leaders preaching the law and the gospel, preaching them both. Like don't have the the thing where you only preach the gospel because you're afraid to mention different sins in the, in the fear of I'm going to lose people. Don't do that. Paul would encourage and remind them of this. He would also remind them of Speak about a range of sins, especially sins that you know that your community, your congregation may be struggling with. Don't try to avoid those things because you don't want to offend anyone. Speak the truth and speak the truth out of love. I think he would make sure like, hey, don't downplay sins either and act like, oh, they're not there at all. Because I look at that, that would be like someone who is sick with, with cancer and saying or making it seem like the cancer isn't there doesn't make it disappear. And that's the same thing with, with our, our sins. That's why we need the law so that we can see that we need the gospel. We need a savior. And thank God we do have a savior in, in Jesus Christ. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit was able to do through Paul in, in a bunch of different letters is have him convey the message and the idea of how unworthy he actually was and how sinful he actually was. Because once you realize like how unworthy and how sinful you are, you realize how much grace you have been shown. And, and that's the reason that Paul realized like how much grace he was actually given. And once he realized how much grace he was given, that helped him realize like how much God loves him. And that helped him just be so appreciative for the fact that he had the gift of faith and he was a new person seen differently through Jesus Christ. 
Now, what I think Paul would do, especially for the churches in America, is he would be calling out certain people. He would be calling out certain false doctrine. And the reason I say that is because of what he did in Galatians 2, starting at verse 11. I think Paul would call out anyone who was not preaching the word of God, anybody who was saying something other than what God's word says. And he did this with even one of his, his brothers, with Peter. Galatians 2, starting at verse 11. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. And I don't think Paul would stop there. I think he would really talk about certain leaders who are promoting false doctrine. And I'm going to give you some examples of false doctrine that Paul would be all over. I once heard a pastor, and it, he, Paul would really be, I think, over the pastors who had like mega churches. And we're preaching false doctrine because he would not want people being led astray and to, to fall in, into that trap. But some of the false doctrine and things that I've heard or a, a pastor says something like God broke the law out of love. And it's like, what? God didn't sin. God doesn't make mistakes. Like, I think Paul would be all over a statement like that. Paul would be all over leaders who put themselves on the same level as Jesus Christ and say things like, you know, I have the right and the authority to establish doctrine or, you know, because of my position or because of the official stance that I have, I can't, I don't speak with error. I don't make errors at all. Like when I'm speaking from this position of power, I do not make errors. Paul would be like, hold up. Mm -mm. Don't necessarily say that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I think he would really come at um, leaders who say, you know, I have authority that God has set up and claimed to have power over the church and the state. Leaders who try to say you can be redeemed by another apostle or another person like like Mary or uh, one of the disciples. Paul would be like, hold up. No, you can't. You can only be redeemed through Jesus Christ. He would really get at the false doctrine of like, man, you can earn salvation or you can earn God's grace. Paul would be all over that. Paul would be over anyone who spoke contrary to the word of God. He would even come at the non-microwave truth if I said something out of pocket. But you know, the beauty of this is Paul, like he did with Peter, he would he would make it so that people could be like, man, what I said was wrong. And that happens. And that's why I try to give people grace, especially people who have different platforms or, or pastors. It's like sometimes you get to speak it a little too fast and you're like, oh, I, I shouldn't have said that. But it's like when you know you said something wrong, and you get called out on it. You know what you should do? Change it. Admit that you were wrong. Paul would be all over the pastors and the spiritual leaders who say something wrong and then they stand on it. And Paul, through the Holy Spirit, he tells us, why someone will be teaching false doctrine or, or putting up with this. In his letter to Timothy, he says this. This is 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting at verse 3. He says, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversy and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions 
and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to a financial gain. The last thing he listed was money. People have an interest in the wrong thing. It could be power. People who are just flat out corrupted. These are different reasons that Paul listed. Now, there's some other doctrine that I think, and this just shows you how far some doctrine in America has gone. Now, you might have heard of the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed is based off of truths in the Bible. It's based off of believers confessing their faith. And it goes something like, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate died and was buried. I'm going to just stop right there. You get the picture. That's confessing faith. That's confessing truth. There are some churches who have come up with something called the Sparkle Creed. The Sparkle Creed. And when you listen to this, I'm going to read it to you. You're going to be like, what? what is that? And I know Paul would be all over this. This is the type of false doctrine that I'm saying and how, how far some churches have gone the wrong way. This is called the Sparkle Creed. And this is something they read in church, in a church. I believe in non-binary. I believe in a non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shattered our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. I'm just going to stop right there. Like what? Like, what is that? Now, normally with, with false doctrine and false teachers, they try to like sprinkle it in there and they try to like be deceptive and sneak it. But if you, I think a, a regular person who heard this would be like, wait, that doesn't sound anything like a Christian. That doesn't sound like anything that the Bible says. And I think Paul would be all over that. I think he would. And on this episode of Listen Up, what would Paul say to us? I think the next thing that he would really address with us is we need to get in the word and we need to get absolute truth. We need to get in the word and we need to get absolute truth as believers. And he would really come at some of our philosophy because our philosophies in our, in our culture, in our societies, so many times want to eliminate God. They want to eliminate Jesus. And I think the first philosophy he would get at is like, you have to have it now. Paul would be like, slow down. Everything you don't have to have now. You don't have to be ruled by the flesh. You don't have to have a boo right now. You don't have to have this perfect career. You don't have to cut corners to do this and do that. You can do things God's way and you can slow down. You can do it the non-microwave truth way. I think Paul would really get at the philosophy of speak your truth. Paul would be like, yeah, truth. Okay, okay, whatever. But you know what truth matters the most? God's truth. God's word, that truth, not some opinion that you have and then you want to make it because that would be ultimately making yourself God. And, and that's another idol. I think he would get at the fact that how many times people say you have to accept people for who they are. And he would really be like, man, you got to make sure that you're not being an ally to something that is contrary to God's word or can damage your relationship with God. And something that I saw a pastor by the name of Adi Bachman say is that we've added an 11th commandment, thou shall be nice. And I think Paul would just encourage us to, to be honest and to be loving in, in the same way. And he would really show us and, and guide us and remind us like we can love people without supporting their sin. 
So many times in our culture, in our society, people say, if you don't support me, you don't love me. But sometimes not supporting someone is actually loving them because we definitely don't want to support someone in their sin. He would remind us like, you know, you don't want to be a part-time Christian because that's how you send mixed signals to, to unbelievers. And he would really get at the fact that like, we shouldn't be trying to coexist. So many times people say you can coexist with other religions. It's one thing to respect another religion, but it's one, it's a whole nother thing to act like, all right, we pretty much believe the same thing. Who's your God? It's not Jesus. We're not the same. Like it's not even close to being the same. And he would just remind us like, we are not designed to, to coexist. We are not designed to be devoted to multiple gods. We're only designed to be devoted to one God. That's the true God. And he reminds us and, and lists Jesus' resume and all he has done for us to, to remind us this. And Galatians 6 verse 7 through 8 just reminds me like how he did this before. He said, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. And he would come at that philosophy of like, you, you want to have everything now? Don't worry about now. Don't worry about your flesh in this world. Worry about what the spirit wants you to do. Worry about what God wants you to do because you have something greater. You have eternal life. So no matter how hard your life may be, no matter how many struggles you might be facing, you have eternal life. You have salvation. You have a greater gift. And this world is not everything. This is just a blimp on a radar, like just a blimp on a radar. And on this episode of Listen Up, What Would Paul Say to Us? I think his third thing that he would really bring to us in his first letter, because he probably would have to send us two letters, is, you know what? Stand firmly and stand boldly for Christ. And I just think about his passage from 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, where he says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. He will remind us that we have the Holy Spirit. We have the spirit of God with us. Man, that's a blessing. How much can we be bold for that? He would also remind us why we can be bold. Second Corinthians 3 verse 12. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. What is that hope? That hope is in the fact that we have eternal life. We have salvation. We have a God who has redeemed us, who has declared us not guilty, who has made us righteous and holy and perfect in his eyes and, and blameless because Jesus traded places with us. And he will remind us on why we can be bold for that. He would also remind us like we don't have to live life in fear, even on this earth, because God has already laid out good things for us to do. God has already laid out blessings for us. Ephesians 2 verse 10 tells us, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ, created in who? Created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He would just really want us to, to be bold really want us to be bold and exclaim like, I'm a child of God. I am a new man or new woman through Christ. And it's, I just thought about like how crazy it is so many times people look at you like, Ooh, oh my goodness, are you a Libra? Are you a Leo? And Paul would be like, hold it, bro. No, you are. You should be saying, I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. No, but what's your sign? Cause like you act a little different. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Like be bold in the right way for Christ because of what he has done for us and how the father had, how the father sees us like our heavenly father. That's how our heavenly father sees us. Paul would really want us to be bold in so many different issues that, that arise in our culture that sometimes people are like, ah, it's really not that bad. Like 
don't be shacking up. Like not don't have a hint of sexual immorality. Like you can live different because of Christ and what he has done for you. Um, he would really, I think he would really be like your social media, use your social media to glorify God. Use your social media to glorify God. Don't be on there shaking your rump and talking all crazy, but, but use that as another way to glorify God because there are so many different things that we can praise him for. So many different things we can praise him for, for our health, for our strength, for the fact that we got clothes on our back, for the fact that we we live in this, this place where we can pretty much do whatever we want to do. Like we are so blessed in, in so many different ways. I think Paul would really get at the fact like, man, how do we spend our time? And if you look at in some of Paul's letters, he is so excited when he thinks about like the grace of Jesus Christ, when he thinks about like how unworthy he is, when he thinks about the fact that he was forgiven, because you got to remember, Paul was out here making sure Christians were murdered and God still redeemed him. God still gifted him with faith. Like Paul is geeked. Paul is excited. And Paul would just remind us like, man, we spend our time on so many other things. We get excited for like concerts. We get excited for sporting events. We might even get excited that we can binge watch some stuff on, on TV or a good movie is coming out. But Paul's like, man, we have something greater to get excited for. When you really think about the fact of how unworthy you and I are, the fact that we deserve hell, but we're not getting it because of Jesus, like, whoa, get excited. Get excited. Spend some time in the word. Spend some time getting to know your heavenly father. Spend some time meditating and thinking about all of the different blessings that God has given you. And I think Paul would just make us excited and, and make us like, man, we really should stand and be bold for Jesus Christ and, and how much he has done for us. Now, I just think this is the first letter. I think he probably would have to send two letters. I think the second letter, if I had to take a guess, would be about, you know what? Family and, and marriage. Family and marriage in America is so unique. There's so many different issues on what the family should look like. What should the man do? What should the woman do? And he definitely talks about that in certain books. But I think what he would add to that is like, man, the blended family aspect. Because there are so many different people who have baby mama drama or baby daddy drama. And like, how can we maneuver that as Christians? Because there's this time where we have changed and we're a new person, but there are still things lingering that we would need to know how to deal with and how to dress. Second thing I think Paul would talk about in the second letter is like, how close should we be to non-believers? Because it tells us in the Bible, like, go and make disciples of all nations. But at the same time, it's also saying, like, you don't want to be with the wrong crowd. You don't want to be influenced by the wrong people. So, like, how should you navigate with that? The third thing I think he would talk about in the second letter is, like, have your allegiance to God over everything else. Have your allegiance to God over everything else. Now. The second episode, uh, the second letter, I'm not doing an episode on that. Maybe maybe I do that in like 2024, but that's not coming anytime soon. But I just thought about that and wanted to share that with you. But if you're on YouTube, make sure you list what do you think Paul would talk about in his letters to the church in America? What do you think Paul would talk about? Now, there's something that I think that Paul would definitely do when he's closing this letter. And this is how we're going to close this episode of listen up. What would Paul say to us? He would make us he would make us make it very known that God loves each and every one of us. He would make it very known that we are unworthy. He would make it very known that we have the gospel and the gospel is the true motivator on why we can do things different. He would remind us that we are a new man, a new woman or a new woman through Christ. And he probably would close something like this. This comes from 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. It says, 
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. He will remind us of God's grace that can't be matched. It, it can't be matched. He will remind us about the love of God and how God has demonstrated that love to each and every one of us. And he will remind us that the fact that we have the Holy Spirit, we have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that is with all believers. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Listen Up. What would Paul say to us? Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.